Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> if I say, do you drink mead? And you go, yeah. Mead. It doesn't really. It's not. You haven't added anything. That isn't, to the that's not illustrative for you, is it? Um, no. I mean, I personally don't drink mead, uh-huh. but like, but people ogres do. and medieval people oh, okay. drink mead. Okay, but you can you can actually buy it. I don't know how authentic it is, uh-huh. but you can buy it's it. It's not certified. They don't have like an ogre who certifies the mead. Ogre mead. Ogre no. mead. Ogre. That's a really good impression of the guy in Tekken 3 who says, <laughs> Ogre. That's that's what I'm going to sound like through this podcast. No, I'm going to sound like the guy who sells the donuts on the Yoshimitsu. Hello. Did you ever play, hmm? did you ever play Tekken 3? Nope. Cool. <laughs> Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with cocktails and curtain calls. I know what both of those words mean. I guess it's I know at last you're simplifying it for the yank in our midst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thought it'd give us a little rest. Um, after last week was quite intense. Last week was really intense. I hope you're following along online. Um, I know. I think I think you can actually get accredited after listening to the podcast. I think you get some sort of degree or PhD um, in theater studies. Basically, basically, not from us. So, I don't know who sends that degree. It'll come to you in the post. Basically. Don't worry. Just keep waiting. Um, yeah. What What you drinking? I have a an introvert IPA from Left Hand Brewing. Not related to the show we're doing at all. It's just what was in my fridge. Introvert. Yeah. They make they make an introvert IPA and they make an extrovert, extrovert. IPA. Is one really hoppy and one isn't? Uh, one keeps talking at you and you can't get it to shut up. <laughs> And the other one is... Im- it's not the definition of an extra. And the Tommy. other one is impossible to find every time you open your fridge. It, like, always hides behind the cabbage. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. Behind this, like, rotting <laughs> piece of cheese. It's like, please don't um, drink me. I'm drinking mead. Yeah. So there. Um, <laughs> we, you got a quiz question? We had a quiz question from last week. You ready? Yeah. You ready for it? Yeah. Which? Yeah. <laughs> It's a good impression of the subject of our quiz question. Thank you. Thank you very much. Which musical caused the events of this quote to occur? From the outside, I'm sure it sounded like all hell had broken loose in my dressing room, which, in fact, it had. I was hysterical. I took to batting practice in my dressing room with a floor lamp. I swung at everything in sight. Mirrors, wig stands, makeup, wardrobe, furniture, everything. 
Then I heaved a lamp out the second floor window. What musical could that possibly be? The dramatic in there. Yeah, it was very dramatic. Um, I think that is Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard, headline boulevard. Getting here is only the beginning. Sunset Boulevard, jackpot boulevard. Once you won, you have to go on winning. I've sold out dead right, I've sold out I just keep waiting for the right offer Comfortable quarters, regular rations 24-hour, five-star room service And if I'm honest, I like the lady I can't help being touched by her folly I'm treading water, taking the money Watching her sunset Well, I'm a writer LA's changed a lot over the years Since those brave gold rush pioneers I sang that song in an audition Yeah? Why? <laughs> yep Um... Because it was cool and dramatic, and I knew that the director on the panel liked the show. Liked Sunset so. Boulevard? Yep. Um, and I got the words horrendously wrong. Uh-huh. Horrendously. Did you get the part? Um, and I got stopped before the last note. Oh, no. Thankfully. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so, Sunset Boulevard, Mr. T. Sunset Bo- We're back in Camp Andrew Lloyd Webber. Why do you, you keep you doing about it? this to me? I know. I don't do it to you. To yes, you. you do. We do a musical theatre podcast, <laughs> and the guy's done a fair few. Yeah, <laughs> so. and they're all on Broadway right now. That's 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 the literally shtick. every single one, every single one. I know. I'm starting up. I think I'm doing a production of Aspects of Love, uh-huh. like, um, in a week. That's... I don't know. Are you going to do like the Beautiful Game yeah, or Disgrace Superstar or something? Yeah, probably JCC. I just enjoy all the ridiculous. Postmodern, like Andrew Lloyd Webber does not photograph well to begin with, but then him, like with Glenn Close on one side, a cat on the other side, what's his face from School of Rock, and then the Phantom, like all around in like a group, like how drunk did we get last night party shot? It's yeah. it's like the weirdest morning after in the world. But no, Sunset Boulevard is back on Broadway. It is after some years. Yeah. Um. So. What is it? What? Let's chat. Let's chat plot. Let's first. chat plot. So, Sunset Boulevard is based on a film, um, very explicitly called Sunset. Called Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard that came out in 1950, um, but set. Mm-hmm. I would I would phrase Sunset Boulevard as the darker side of singing in the rain. The darker, yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of. Well, not the same kind of plot, but that idea of like you know how the talkies ruined everything yeah. were the worst things ever happened to cinema. Uh, so it sees uh, a woman, an actress called Norma Desmond, mm-hmm. who is big in her time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when the talkies flew in, she flew out, faded away. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of never to be heard of again. And <clears throat> there's a guy called Joe who is a writer. Uh, and he meets her kind of by chance. Yeah, happens to pull into her driveway, driveway <coughs> one day and then yep. is swept up in kind of her whirlwind recluse of a lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Being and a, it's kind of being a faded movie star. and Yeah, he's, he's really penniless, as most kind of writers and things were in, in, at that time. Um, and she has a lot of money that she's kind of willing to help him out with yeah and so he he's like all right i'll go along for this ride um not really realizing that it's gonna shoot him in the face yeah, uh, pretty much uh, <laughs> or the back the back of the face <laughs> <laughs> um 
So yeah, yeah, it, it's that Sunset Boulevard. That's un- it, um, Chris or Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> book by book and lyrics by Don Black and Christopher Hampton. Yep, that is indeed correct. Uh, who also did his um, it's probably his best work of Stephen Ward, which I now find out recently was on Spotify, <laughs> and I did listen to, and I did not enjoy. Oh, that's unfortunate. Right, exactly. Um. The film uh, starred Gloria Swanson, and you should watch it. You should watch it. Cool. It's it's like it's good. AFI is like number twelve film of all time. Um, even if you've never watched Sunset Boulevard, you probably know a couple lines from it. Um, yeah, exactly. The, the, I'm ready for my I'm close up, Mister Demille. Mister Demille. Yeah. See, we said that in pure synchronicity. We rehearsed it um, for hours. Um, exactly. But no, the so the, the film's very mm, film noir. It's very mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a kind of a horror crime story kind of yeah exactly exactly very smoky very la yeah um it's good uh the musical itself opened up on the west end back in 1993 is this no i was gonna say is this our first west end opening but it's not it's not so it's gonna proceed um starring the one and only pat slapee patty lapone this is where our quiz question comes from Yep, and it ran for like just under four years. Mm-hmm. It was pretty decent. That's pretty decent. That's real good for a um, West End run. Yeah. Uh, it also opened up in LA mm-hmm. um, and opened up whilst it was still running in the West End mm-hmm. uh, with Glennifer Close. <laughs> this is this is where the controversy stands. And this is why Andrew Lloyd exactly. Webber and Patty Lapone don't talk anymore. So yeah, I, we're gonna get into don't don't spoil okay, it. Okay, I won't. I won't spoil it. Later. We'll get into it. Um, and that did very very well. And Andrew Lloyd Webber fell in love with that production, so he shut his London production, changed it into the LA production, and then reopened it again. Um, now with no Patty, mm-hmm. um, for reasons. Uh, and uh, then it opened up on Broadway in I think nineteen ninety four. And they loved it so much, they're reviving it again with Glenn Close again, basically. Again, again, again. Again, again. Um, and there's been other revivals here and there, but not that many. Not that, I, I, it's not a show to be revived a lot, I don't think. <laughs> well, you would say that about any singular Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, production. <laughs> yes, I would. But this one in particular, I think, is not, you know... Does I don't feel like has the same wide draw that other Andrew Lloyd Webber shows do. Okay, I'm going to pause you right there, uh-huh. and we're going to hit our first segue. Hey. Myron, how's it hanging? I got a date with Sheldrake. Shooting a western down at Fox. How can you work with Dare? We should talk. Gotta run. Let's have lunch. Hi, Mr. Gillis. You look great. I'm up for an audition. Sheldrake is driving me insane. Don't forget. We should talk. Gotta run. Let's have lunch. Morning, Joanna. Hi there, Myron. Who are you meeting? You look great. Shell drink, but do I need I've it? I've spent the last month fasting in my second run. I'm western down at Fox. I'd really love to Don't read it. Don't forget me when you're catching. We should talk. We should gotta run. Gotta run. Let's have lunch. Yeah, so. I had an appointment to see Mr. Sheldrake. <laughs> where, does, where does this one sit in your... Andrew Lloyd Webber hatred scale. I don't hate Andrew Lloyd Webber shows. I think there's better music right, okay. out there. Right, you do. <laughs> Let's proceed. Where does it say Andrew um, Lloyd Webber? This one, scale? if if you if you like 
held me down and forced me to listen to an Andrew Lloyd Webber in order. It would probably be Evita and then Sunset Boulevard. This one's high up there. Okay. Um, cool. I think it depends. And then Cats, right? And, and then Cats. Oh God, screw Cats. Um, <laughs> I, I think it depends on how you listen to it, too. Um, uh-huh. It's... If you take it at face value the same way you would enjoy the film noir movie it's based on, I don't mm-hmm. think you'd enjoy it. If right. you take it as a intentional or not somewhat campy, dark, film noir, comedy horror piece, I think it's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you if you don't try to empathize with any of the characters, it's a great show. Okay. Um, I, I disagree fundamentally with creating a show like that. Um, and I, I, maybe I should say I don't think that's the... I would I would find it difficult to believe that that was the author's intent. Right. You know. I, Why? Why though? Why of interest? The way um, the way Norma and and Joe are portrayed in the film uh, in the musical is encouraging some form of sympathy. I mean, Norma's crazy for sure, but you still yeah. are meant to feel for her. Like, oh, she's this faded star who's been driven to madness by her stardom and the way things used to be, and. Uh-huh. I I think the the movie absolutely touches on that to an extent, and that's what makes it creepy, and that's what makes it noir, and that's what makes it a bit of a horror film. I think uh-huh. because the musical is so grand, it just becomes so ridiculous. Um, right. Okay. The premise okay. the premise was already so big and opulent that when you add this very operatic, almost sung through ALW musical theater touch on top of it all. Mm-hmm. It's it's it feels like satire. It feels like a parody. Um, and if you take right. it as that, you know, from from the very first scene where we meet Norma and she's mourning her dead monkey, like it's either you have to make the decision right there of how you're going to view this show. Is it this tragic tale of this lost woman who, you know, her only partner in life was this, and then her her butler, former director Max, and now she's got this new guy here, or yeah. is this a hilariously comedic somewhat twisted tale of this you know ridiculous human being and and her sad sad existence um yeah and the second way i don't think is intentional but is the way that gets me through the show right okay okay that's interesting because i would definitely say i think their original production Mm -hmm. had that in droves and they because they were trying to make it a big flashy broadway show Mm -hmm. um and so we're adding on all of this lavishness. Right. Um, but I think, interestingly, one of the things that this revival yeah. uh, has done is scale it right back. Yeah, I would be interesting to, interested to see how that plays out. Yeah. Well, so obviously it played over here. Okay. This this, this is the, yeah, no production. This incarnation over. with like the orchestra on stage and a much yeah. more pared down set and not like the big staircase and... Yeah, so it was directed by Lonnie Price, oh, okay. um, who is uh, Charlie in yeah, the original yeah, yeah. Merrily. That says a lot. Um, and he, which is actually, I'm I'm quite glad for him. Yeah, because he's he needs a break. Um, and he is, but yeah, he's basically just taken away everything. There's still the staircase, mm-hmm. but like, there's no cars. There's no. You know, hanging tapestries, yeah. and they're not—they're not trying yeah. to make it 
look grand in, in Hollywood. I've, I've... They're just trying to focus in on these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I, I have to commend them for that because I do agree with you. I think with with the opulence layered on top, mm-hmm. it does become very, very Broadway. Yeah. And I'm saying that in inverted commas. Right. Um, but I think when you scale it back, you can actually focus in a bit more on the tragedy of it. Yeah. And, like, I think that um, tragedy's there. I think the film absolutely touched on mm-hmm. something that hits very deeply. Um, mm-hmm. But the musical of it all kind of eschews some of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know. I feel, I feel very... In, I don't know. I feel very... What's the word? Not indifferent. Mm-hmm. Um, intrigued isn't the right word either. Yeah. But somewhere, somewhere on a road... That shares shares a path <laughs> somewhere on intrigue different, different road. Yeah, it's got an N <laughs> prefix. Um, but basically, I I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I don't hate Android Weber and with the same fire burning passion that I do. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, he's not on my dartboard. <laughs> um, but I don't mind it. I think. I like the the Joe and Norma moments. Yeah. I and that's that's about it. Yeah. Like I think the rest of it is guff. Yeah. It's the <laughs> um, it's the same sort of stuff I like about Evita. Um Yeah, I guess. I see a lot I, I do of compare a lot these two. Yeah, I I compare it a lot to Evita in in more ways than one. Like the kind of weird wacky score mm-hmm. that doesn't really make a lot of sense no, with the same like um, six melodies over and over again. Yeah, and just like the, you know, and I'm like, cool. Yeah, it's like, did he throw a bunch of beans on his score and be like, well, that's right, exactly, and just like, we'll go with this, perfect. Um, do you know what I mean? Which I find, I find intriguing in Avita, and here, when it gets layered on a bit too heavy, I'm like, right, I'm, I'm kind of done. Yeah. Um, it's it's I I feel like some of the core thematic use throughout this is very appropriate to the score, like that. Do you mean with the score itself? Yeah, like the, the you know that oboe yes. violin, dum ba da 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 dum ba da, like that yeah. part. Oh, um, definitely, it evokes the time period better than he's ever done before. Yes, yes, absolutely, I and I think that is the thing that pushes this above the rest because that's musical theater. Uh-huh. You know, the the music of Phantom of the Opera barely evokes opera, and like that's an easy one. Uh-huh. The music of Cats does not evoke anything like time period or location. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It evokes fun little cats. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> do, 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 you know, and like do, 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 he does it in Evita too, and I think it's easier. Like, what's New Buenos Aires and things like that. But in this one, really particularly, you get that old Hollywood black and white film noir mystery. Yeah. Very, very schmaltzy and very, very grand and decadent. Yeah. yeah, it's got it's got a really great vibe to it. Like, I feel like I, I would happily listen to the score without any of the singing. Yeah, I would love. To I would absolutely go to like Sunset Boulevard in concert, not like Lincoln Center concert, but like the way they do Star Wars in concert with just yeah, the music. Exactly. Yeah, totally, totally. Um because it, I I think 
that is definitely something that it's got going for it. But again, not all the time. No, not all the time. And like time. like most Andrew Lloyd Webbers, he's only got like six melodies and he doesn't really use them appropriately. It's not like every no. time this theme comes out, it means exactly this. It's like, well, I think the melody will fit for this thing. And like yeah. there's three or four songs in there that are proper songs that you see them perform at concerts. And then there's mm-hmm. like 30 songs that are like, Here's the same melody you've heard before, but this time the words are different. Like yeah, over exactly. and over and over again. And like, God damn it, can't it you write bit. something new? Yeah. Yeah. I d- but it's inter- interesting point, though, because I think this does contain some of his best songs. I, I agree. Um, yeah? Yeah. All Normas. All of Normas. Yeah. <laughs> She's the only one. Um, because... He doesn't. I, yeah, I just feel. I just feel like it's it's Norma's show. It absolutely. You know I mean? This is. I mean, this is the star vehicle of star vehicles. Like, yeah. It, it is not only is it a musical written containing a star vehicle, like a leading lady who takes the stage most of the time and has all the songs and goes through this tragic downfall, but also uh, the character herself is a star, and so there's there exactly. is no pretending that like. There's a reason Glenn Close's face is on the poster. Like this is yeah the star vehicle. I don't know. I get because like I just feel, and I feel that that that's probably the biggest fault of the show mm-hmm. is like you know Betty Schaefer. Who gives a who gives a crap? Right. Who even who even is that woman? Yeah, which is so um, sad because even... that that's the part to me that adds dimension to the story. That it's not just about this kept man, but that he has the potential for a life outside. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like, it, you know, you don't. Really f- I don't feel anything for no, her exactly. or her storyline. Exactly. Like that's the. Problem. And I don't. To be honest, I don't really feel that much for Joe. No, I think I probably do. Just feel sad for Norma. Yeah. And Max, I guess. Um, and then everyone else is kind of like, Meh, you're all LA. Yeah. Well, and this, <laughs> this is always the question I have, and the movie's the same way. But when it's, yeah. you know, this is a film noir. This is a murder mystery. Um, and particular, there are two. There's a, I, I think about murder mystery and how you talk about this kind of drama a lot, mostly with my obsession uh-huh. with Murder, She Wrote. Um, but, like, there's a bunch of different conventions that bring you into this kind of storytelling. And one of them uh-huh. is, do you know that the murder is going to take place from the very beginning? Because that yeah. changes how you view the story. This one you do. It starts yeah. with, you know... In the movie, it's Joe in the pool. In here, it's like he's talking about the newspaper stories and like there's going to be a murder taking place. And maybe you know a little less, but at least you have that hinting like, hey, something bad's going to happen. And it doesn't doesn't take much to figure out that Joe's going to die. Yeah. And so then the journey is how? How do we get there? Instead of the journey being who? um, And the how, it like it sets you up for that, but it's not terribly interesting. Yeah, like the how of yeah, the, the answer is not not informative. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like if it if it was more focused on Norma and Joe, mm-hmm. and you kind of trimmed away at the LA producer lot fat. Yeah, um, would it be better? I don't think so. Um, you think it needs you think it needs that to kind of humanize Joe. Do you know what I think it needs? I put this down in my unsorted notes and it's the the biggest travesty in the world. Um long before Andrew Lloyd Webber optioned this show. Yeah. Stephen Sondheim was on the books to 
turn the film into a musical with Norma Desmond played by Angela Lansbury. I know. I I would trade anything to live in that alternate universe because in I that think timeline, I, I think the plot and the movie of this is fabulous, and I would love to see what Sondheim and Lansbury did with it. Um, the, yeah, the, definitely. The rumor goes Sondheim uh, dropped the project because the director of the original movie, um, Charles Brackett, unless it was Billy Wilder, um, one of them, one of the original creators, um, mm-hmm. talked with him at a party and was like, no, 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 this show can't be a musical. It must be an opera to embody... Uh, you know, embody the life of an aging movie star and Sondheim yeah. dropped the project because he's not an opera guy. Yeah. Um, and like, it's it's infinitely disappointing to me. I know. It, it really, really is. Especially because we know that Sondheim could write Norma Desmond oh. extremely well. With like depth and dimension and like, yeah. I think that's really but what then- it is. I don't think she has depth and dimension in this show. Do you know, I think she, I think you get it. I think you do. Yeah. I think she's a good character. I do. I do. I think she's, she's got that. She's got as much as she can. Do you know what I mean? She just. Without having a big flashback to when she was a, a young girl. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She, I think, you know, so with, with one look, the kind of, the span between with one look and as if we never say goodbye, mm-hmm. you get to see who she is. Yeah between those two numbers yeah that's true um, I, it, maybe it just delves too much into that like crazy recluse of a lady for my sake like right okay two gray gardens for yeah, you yeah i think that's what it is i i think if if sondy did do it though mm-hmm. we would never have had merrily yeah and we would never have had passion yeah that's true in our in our maybe our timeline's better off that way and I would rather have had the pair of them than one Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, that's that's true. That might have been crap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It might be one of the duffers. One of the... Then you'd be sorry. Then I would be sorry. Girl likes boy. She respects his talent. Working with someone can turn you into a fan. This is fun. Writing with a partner. It could be a hell of a movie. Can we really do this? I know that we can. Okay, you've also said here with one look, hyphen, lame mm-hmm. rhymes. I want to see if I can talk, find talk it. Me through, talk me through your rhymes. With one your... look, they'll forgive the past. They'll rejoice. I've returned. What word am I going to sing? What comes next? Half-mast. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is... You use rhyme to help your audience along. You use mm-hmm. rhyme to, like, m- you know, make these words that they've never heard before simple enough for them to understand. But there's a point... Yeah where it becomes too predictable. And yeah. Norma Desmond, despite being a star of the silent movies, her the the way she talks is important. Like the words she uses are important. She's more yeah. intelligent than this, otherwise she wouldn't be an actress. Um that I would give you actually. And the 
both in with one look and uh what is it as if we've never said as if we never said goodbye as if we never said goodbye and all of what andrew lloyd this is this is an andrew lloyd weber problem um this is a problem with a lot of his musicals. They fall into these simple one-word rhymes at the end of lines that are like A-B-A-B, mm-hmm. super, super simple, not because I think it is a specific choice that is indicative of the character, but because it's just the way he writes. Yeah. Well, let's to give him his plaudits, he didn't write the lyrics. Uh, yeah. That was the work of Don Black and Christopher Hampton, who, like I said wrote Stephen Ward. I'm still gonna later. I'm still gonna blame Andrew Lloyd Webber for it. I know you will. <laughs> but I I don't actually I really don't rate them. Um in fact, uh Christopher Hampton kinda creeps me out. He looks kinda weird. Have you ever have you ever looked at a picture of him? I am right now. Just, that's what just else, really what rude, else what has I'm he saying. done? So the Frank Wildhorn Dracula Oh he did yeah. Rebecca? <laughs> I know but don't get into that because <laughs> I, I I have a personal attachment to that show. It's all right. We, um, we, I'll, I'll leave you your space. <laughs> thanks. Uh, yeah. So he's, I don't know, like, and uh, the Wild on Dracula is not good. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not good. Um, Don Black, I think, did a little bit more. Yeah. With A.L. Dobbs. Let me see. Oh, yeah. So he did tell me on a Sunday. Yeah. But so, like, aspects of love. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, so fair. I do get what you mean. Like even without I, the I, music behind it, no words can tell the stories my eyes tell. We're not even doing rhymes there. That's just the same word twice. Watch me uh-huh. when I frown. You can't write that down. You know I'm right. That's a filler line. You know I'm right doesn't actually progress the song. It's just in there so that we can rhyme with. It's there in black and white. Yeah. When I look your way, you'll hear what I say. But then that's not even the sort of like. You could call that out as clever. When I look your way, you'll hear what I say because she's talking about how her face makes it so she doesn't need to talk and like it's silent pictures. But that's not you have to delve really deep to get the meaning. It only reads on paper like they're bad lyrics. Mm -hmm. They're really bad lyrics. Yeah. And this is the song. Like this is one of the songs of the show. Uh Uh-huh. No, I completely agree. I And I think all the rest of stuff. The hi there, Betty. How's it going? Right. I got a da 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 da. And you know, it, it all just blends into one. It does. Because... I find those things catchier. Um, I can't tell you them off the top of my head, but those ones get me through. Like the the little interstitial stuff, like all those things. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's it's bouncy. It's fun. It's musical theater. That's interesting because I'm I'm the complete opposite. Really? I hate them. Really? I think they're so point. But they're so I find them really pointless. I would rather they just spoke. Well, yeah, that's um, that's the problem. I mean, that's the whoever said this needs I, to be the, an opera. The, the one that really gets me is the um the so right. Do you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. What? Why? Yeah. And whenever and whenever it goes up at the end, it's never actually anything important, despite the music right. making you think and that it is. Yeah. Exactly. You're not following speech patterns. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like here's no. here's the melody we have. Let's use it again with this new script. Yeah. Um. But. To be positive, uh-huh. as I do like to be, I do think as if we never said goodbye is a fantastic story song. I agree, I I do agree. I think if and I we think never the lyrics are actually quite good in that song. Yeah, I think as if we never said goodbye is one of Andrew Lloyd Webber's best songs. Yeah, um, so it's not all bad. Yeah, right? it's, I, better than, it's, it's better than the, my struggle is 
as if we never said goodbye, if you watch her sing that in the outfit on the set, uh-huh. you got the whole story. You don't need the entire buildup of the musical to get to that point, to get the, uh, to get the full emotional story impact of that song. Yeah. And as well, kind of after that moment, because mm-hmm. that's when you get hooked on Norma. That's when you're like, right. oh, you're like, Norma. Oh, she's great. Ble- and then she doesn't really have anything. No, and then she is just kind of like a spiral downward. Um, yeah. Like, and not I feel like through... she needs another. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, little... I wish the, my, one of my stories. So the ending of this, um, she has the line, you know, the, the one from the film, I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille. And then uh-huh. has more song to sing. Um, I think that's not the best choice. I think it would have been stronger to end just on the movie line and a blackout. Um, but, of course, it's a musical. You can't do that. I would have yeah. loved to see some kind of reprise incorporated of As If We Never Said Goodbye right there. I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, with all, the, be all the cameras around it. her and, like, with her kind, like, in a slightly minor key, you know, uh-huh. in this totally crazy. And, like, sing As If We Never Said Goodbye, walking down the staircase, turn... I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. Jamel. Yeah. Da da da. Blackout like that, and ba ba da 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 would have, I think, been a much stronger tied together ending of this show than uh-huh. the ending they have. I I would happily agree with that, Tommy. Maybe maybe they'll hear this and they'll change maybe. it on broad. I'm sorry, all the Tommy. bad things I said about you, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I know. Do you think they'll invite us to see this show? Not after the mm. things I've said about Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm. Uh, <laughs> no, never. I know. I wonder if he's got like a little blacklist. Yeah. I, he seems the type, here's, right? Here's actually so, my question. I wonder if he knows what a podcast is. Um, oh, don't don't be so mean. He wrote School of Rock. <laughs> oh, he That's did write School modern. of Rock. That's true. That, I'm sorry. That That's was got mean. rock in it. That was mean. <laughs> right? Um, okay. Whispered conversation. In overcrowded hallways So much to say Not just today But always Who will have early morning madness We'll have magic in the making Yes, every also said here film noir on stage yeah uh we don't have we've touched on this a little bit but so the film noir is this like a film style that is in your life or that you know of (laughs) yeah okay you know like stereotypically it's like the private investigator and like she was yes i would say i you know i couldn't tell you any british film noir i could barely tell you an american any american film noirs um because that's kind of the idea. They're very serial in nature. There's a thousand of them. 
Um, yeah, it's, I feel like it's it's just a, it's a trope. Yeah, it's it's a meme as opposed to uh, you know, oh, this was the film noir right. film. And it, Do you know? What I mean, this is the one that did it all with the exactly. Doom, the doom, the yeah. doom, but like doom, even doom, aspects doom. of Casablanca are very film noir. There is this. Yeah, like, it's very true. It's like melodrama and dark, but not campy. Um, it's still no. It's it's like sexy. It's sexy in its purest form. It's very serious. Um, yeah, and that is the original Sunset Boulevard movie. Like it's it's not that it's never funny, but it takes itself seriously. This is you know a tragic tale of a time long past, mm. um, very intentionally so. And yeah. the whenever you do an adaptation, you bring some of the style along with. And I do think one of the things that Lloyd Webber has done very well and that this production mm-hmm. team's done very well is they bring that feeling of the film noir onto the stage with like uh-huh. some of the narration and, you know, even just some of the production choices of the styling. Like it looks like a black and white movie. Um, yeah. And that's all I had to say about that really. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, I don't, I just wonder, I don't know enough film theory uh-huh. to really comment on it. Yeah. It's, I will say. I don't want to insult people who have studied that. I will say at least looking at, the bits of the film that I've seen, because I've not watched this film all the way through, which I should. Uh-huh. Um, they've done a good job of taking the feeling of the film too and put it on yeah. stage. Like that's the ba da 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 theme throughout. Uh-huh. Um, and like, you know, this is also the 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 running question is how much when you do something like that, how much do you take and how much do you leave? And there's a bunch of scenes and lines that are taken. You know, it's the same thing with, um, like with a Christmas story. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting because that is one of the when you read reviews and things for their, any of the productions, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that always gets plaudits for it is not messing with the book, mm-hmm. and they say that the story and the 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 um the script in the the film yeah. is so solid and so strong that there's not really any point to mess with it, exactly. and so Don Black and Christopher uh, Thingy um didn't yeah um which is I'm also I'm also kind of like. Right, good, but also lazy. Right, it, but then you know, I mean, does, I'm just saying it does that beg because the eternal <laughs> question: Why did you make this a musical? If it's so perfect as a film, if it's so solid and wonderfully well done in its film, and you're going to take almost all of it and make it a musical, what are you adding? What are you bringing yeah. to this story? What are you doing that makes it something new or different? I know it's a good, it is a good question because I think you could argue that it does lend itself to stage because it's, you know, it's this grand female character right. and a big downfall. I think almost, I almost agree with the people who spoke to Sanjay. I mean, I think it would make a fantastic opera. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and we'll talk, again, we'll talk about this in a bit, but I think there's lots of reasons why the English National Opera did it and chose this show in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, 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 it would it would read like a very contemporary opera. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. The tragic down. The fact that, you know, the fact that she, she talks about Salome. Yeah. Like a very famous opera. There are many of these characters. There are very many Norma Desmonds throughout the whole operatic world. Exactly. So, um, and then this is our, would, our contemporary version of that. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it, I think it does a decent enough job. Yeah. Of doing that. Do you know now we're just talking about film noir? I'm just thinking of something. Mm-hmm. Do you ever play the game, uh, the game Grim Fandango? I have seen bits of the Grim Fandango. Yeah, that's very right. film noir inspired. Yeah, 
So it's my probably my favorite game of all time. Uh-huh. No, uh-huh. one of them. Um, it would make a solid musical. Uh-huh. Now I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, it would be really good. Look, look for it at a theater near you soon. Absolutely, Grim Fandango the musical. It may be a bit too epic, but then I guess you could say that. So is Les Mis. Like, <laughs> yeah, very true. I think it should definitely be a film. Yeah, Griffin. Nagel. I agree. I'm just using this as because I don't really know much about film noir. I'm just using this <laughs> as an opportunity for me to talk about things that I know. <laughs> hey, listeners, if you play Grim Fandango, talk to me. I love it. It's really good. I You should play it. It's on Steam. Yeah, I'll look it up. I've seen bits and pieces. It looks like a lot of fun. It's like a, a point-and-click adventure mystery game, right? Yeah, it's just classic LucasArts adventure. Yeah. Stay, uh, stay tuned the- for our spinoff podcast, Jim and Tomic's video game happy hour. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Have you gone to the scene where she asks for his head? If she can't have him living, she'll take him dead. They bring in his head on a silver tray. She kisses his mouth. It's a great replay. It got to be 11. I was feeling ill. What the hell was I doing? Melodrama and sweet champagne. And a garbled plot from a scrambled brain. But I had my own plot Look, Tommy, we've been beating around the bush for far too long. I'd, I, how dare you call these women bushes? Um, <laughs> I think we made that same joke the, at the end of the last podcast. We've only got like six jokes, folks. If you get tired of them. <laughs> what was that joke? Because I was like, how dare you? Straight from the horse's mouth. Straight that's what he said, that's not bush. He said horse. That's a funnier joke. <laughs> that is. How dare you? Um, okay, look. This is the real problem I have with Sunset Boulevard. Uh-huh. Holmes. Right. So, Patty Lapone, uh-huh. living legend uh-huh. that she is. Um, I'm just gonna lay it all down. I'm gonna tell you the story. I'm excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna but, cuddle up by the fire and just listen. It's it's gonna be a dark story, right? Where they've its own musical. <laughs> um, first of all, go buy her memoirs. Mm-hmm. Let's plug that right now, because. It's Patty Lapone's memoir. Right. It <laughs> like, doesn't get much better than that. You're not going to get a better book. Yeah. Um, okay. So, she was obviously in the West End. She's doing a fab job. Um, her reviews weren't... No, her, her, her reviews were pretty damn great. She was known for Evita, right? Everyone now knows Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone is Evita right. in the world, right? Yes. Put yourself there. Madonna, who cares? Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone. Is Evita. Is Evita. And people were waiting for the next Patty Lapone is moment. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And she very smartly was like, well, there's never going to be another role like Evita. There's never going to be another Evita. Um, so I'm not going to wait around until it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
once you'd kind of realise that and process that, um, obviously, actually, <laughs> whoever comes along with another Evita. Right. Uh, <laughs> and very smartly, she takes it um, because she she's fantastic in the role. It suits her down it's, to the ground. Yeah. It's, it's almost vocally for her. Perfect. Yeah, it's vocally perfect for her. I can see Patty, you know, if the musical theatre genre dies at any stage, mm-hmm. I can see this being Patty LaPone. Right. Um, anyway, so she was working the West End. Her reviews are pretty damn good. Like, a lot of them had bad things to say about the show, but very good things to say about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in her contract as well, it, it was stated that she would take the role to Broadway, where it's going to Broadway. Um, however, um, Mr. Angela Weber mm-hmm. uh, had already been looking for a replacement for her because he didn't think that she was a good fit. Um, this is all in the background. Right. She don't know about this. So, um, obviously, meanwhile in LA, the LA production goes up with Glenn Close and does extremely well. Mm-hmm. Like, it is knocking it out of the park out there. Um and so Android Weber looks and is like, okay, this one over here is making a lot of money. Uh-huh. Let's look at this one. We'll focus on this. Hey, Glenn, you're doing such a good job. Do you want to take it to Broadway? Great. Now, in many ways, Glenn Close was doing a great job. She was getting amazing reviews. Mm-hmm. She was, again, also nailing the role. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Not really much bad to say about Glenn Close. I think Patty does it better vocally, but we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, so he's like, do you want to go to Broadway? Broadway? Excellent. Yeah, happy. Cool. So the LA production basically gets a transfer over to Broadway. Bish bash bosh. Um, how does Patty LaPone find out? By reading a newspaper before she was about to go on stage to play Norma Desmond. By reading a newspaper. No one thought to tell her. This is the thing that baffles me about this story. Right. I I, I just... I, how did... How how'd you get away with that? Uh, you how'd don't. You get away with that. You don't. But I mean, you definitely don't. To be continued. So obviously, she smashes up her dressing room. Right. I'm like, do it. Yeah. I would kill. Yeah. Um, like, cause this is this is her this is her big this is such a big moment. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, this is huge for her. She's still a young actress at this stage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean she's still finding her feet in the musical theater world? Well, and not to mention it's in her contract it's promised to her you this and it's will in, be you it's in like by law yeah she should be doing that and then she finds out that glenn close does it right so rightly so Thro- uh, she throws she's a lamp very out angry the window. and she she sued she sued android weber um and she won mm-hmm. because obviously <laughs> right um and with the settlement that she got, it was very hefty. I can't remember the exact amount. I think it's published. With the settlement, um, she built the Andrew Lloyd Webber Memorial Pool. Which seems so delightful. Amongst other things. Delightfully appropriate. <laughs> I just think that is amazing. In in her future Norma Desmond mansion. Right, exactly. Shall we go, you know, will Andrew Lloyd Webber get shot in the back of the head and fall <laughs> into the Andrew Lloyd Webber Memorial Pool? One, Probably. One can only assume. Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing that annoys me the most about all of this, Tommy, uh-huh. is that this stopped Patty Lapone from being Patty Lapone. Yeah, this put Patty Lapone on pause. Yeah, and no, no one and likes I, a pause, I, Patty. 
I absolutely not. I will not stand for this. It wasn't until like Sweeney mm-hmm. where she was like, right back. Which in was her habit. that was only like five minutes ago. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, we're talking like ten yeah. years here. Yeah. Where she was out of action because she just had her confidence completely knocked out of her. Yeah. And of course she would. Yeah. Because how big a slap in the face is that? Someone who's like, I trust you. I think you're amazing in this role. Please take this role to West End and premiere that you originate this role for me. Right. Um, and here she is doing a good job at yeah. it. And then for him suddenly to be like, actually, oh, sorry, this person's better than you. Sorry, right. I'm just going to betray you. Yeah. Cool, well, thanks. Because there's, um, there's also in-between ways to do that too. You can... Despite, I think, how intense sometimes Patty Lapone is portrayed, I do not think it's beyond the realm of possibility that the co- a conversation couldn't have been like, hey, Patty, here's what's going on. The California production is doing really, really, really great, and we'd really, we're really thinking of transferring that one. Now, we know this is not the contract you signed, so we'd like to pay this really large settlement right now because we're, we know we're in breach of your contract. And, you know, it's not about you. You know how the public is, and it's Glenn Close. She's great. She's got a, you know, a name. You're a young actress. You have a name, too, but maybe not quite as... Like, there are ways to have this conversation. They're not comfortable ways, but that's part of the business. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I am sure. But I just feel like this is this is his style. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's shifty and goes where the money's at. This is, that's just, this that's is just I him. think, more than anything, Jimmy, why I have an unbridled dislike for Andrew Lloyd Webber. Less to do yeah, I know. with his artistry and more to do with the business he surrounds himself with. The man. Because yeah. his artistry is okay and his business businessmanship is shitty at best. Um, and that's unfair and rude you know we we live artists are delicate beings to begin with because right, we put exactly. ourselves out there and stuff like that and like then to go messing with it in big ways like this what a crappy thing to do and like she was his evita like yeah that's the thing is she was his evita it's not like you're this random person i don't have a relationship right. with. it's like you know you we're invited back to play together again right and she notoriously says how difficult and challenging and horrible playing Evita was mm-hmm. because the music was so difficult for her. She Vocally was so taxing. green. Yeah. And here was this extremely difficult yeah. range of songs that were sat all in her Pasadia mm-hmm. and she she couldn't sing them. Yeah. Um obviously she could because she's kind of Exactly. But, but then and then her, to get her fear of it, you know, not being able to get that first note out. Yeah. It must be absolutely crippling. Can you imagine going on day after day after day after day mm-hmm. with that psychological yep. angst? Yep. And then That's and then in a show like this where the whole thing is psychological angst like in your character and the deep places you're trying to tap into and like right. going through every day and then to then be kicked in the face in a very real way about your role. Exactly. It's exactly awful. Just it's awful. Really, it's really, really awful. Um, so we're here to say officially, to make an official statement that we are Team Patty. Team Patty, screw you, ALW. Yeah. Um, so politics aside, mm-hmm. let's talk about them as actors. Yeah. Let's compare. <laughs> That's what we can do, right? <laughs> um. Who do you think's better? Oh. Now that I've just made that speech. <laughs> They're so You can say Glenn Close. I don't mind. No, I don't think Glenn Close is better. I don't it's more, I don't really have an opinion. Um cuz you hate it so much. It, I mean around there, not that I hate it so much, but that like I don't the problems I have with it come so before you put a performance, a performer in. Uh-huh. And so 
it's not the sort of thing that I think I can convince myself to listen to for if the text is bad, I can't get past that. Right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. But okay, well, let's just take it then straight down to who does the best as if we never say goodbye. That's, um, I think Patty. I like Patty's better uh-huh. for no, for um, no particular reason that I can point out. Okay. Cause Patty, um, I, I don't know. I find it quite interesting between the two of them. They, they do such different performances. Yes. Um, and I feel like this is probably where a lot of the the politics came into play because they are so different. Yeah. So it's like allopatric evolution, uh-huh. right? What is that? Come on, zoology degree. <laughs> so allopatric evolution is where um, speciation occurs. Mm-hmm. So when a new species evolves um, because the original species has been separated okay. into different niche. So we're looking at, you know, Darwin's finches here or Asian and mm-hmm. uh, African elephants, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, to use a really bad example. <laughs> but um, here we have in London with a West End audience, mm. Patti Lapone originating a role and filling her niche. Right. Right. And here we have on the other side of the world in LA and a very non-musical theatre yeah. audience yeah um with uh film and tv actress uh-huh. um we're looking at let you know this is allopatric species and these are yeah. people who have evolved completely differently to create completely different performances mm-hmm. um and that's very tricky when you've got this one place in the middle here in in Broadway, right? And you're like, well, which one do we? Yeah, it's not like which one do we pick? One was inspired by the performance of the other. They both kind of came to fruition of their own. Exactly, exactly. Because what I would say, and this is all down to their individual talents, I would say, but Patti Lapone has the delusion mm-hmm. and the the grandeur, yeah. Um of Norma Desmond and the the Hollywood glamour and glory, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Glenn Close has the broken yeah. old lady. <laughs> you go Glenn Close. Do you know Close. what I mean? Yeah. You go Glenn Close. <laughs> um, but no, look, very, but yeah, I'm not no, saying absolutely. you're an old lady so you can play an old, but I'm like, she does it very, very yeah. well and she's much more fragile. Yeah. Um, so here you have these two very, very distinct characters and it is just a case of like well which one do i want to put on broadway right which one do i want to be the the big one yeah um and so he was obviously like well to be honest i feel like this is actually the one that's nailing it yeah as opposed to patty um but if you were patty you wouldn't think that you wouldn't be like do you know i'm gr- really happy in my own performance <laughs> and that you would just be like this bitch is better than me right exactly right well Who especially the way it all played out the fact that no one talked about exactly it. Yeah. um so, who do I think's better? Depends on the song. Depends on the number. Depends on the moment in the show. Mm-hmm. Depends on how you feel. Depends say. on what you ate for breakfast. Depends. Very on... much so. If I've, if I've had a muffin, <laughs> I will like Patty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that. Um, but then also, I want to give some shout outs to Betty Buckley and Elaine Page. Mm-hmm. So, Betty Buckley was the one that came in after Android Webber shut the show and made it more like LA mm-hmm. as Patty promptly left for reasons that we now know. Um, but then how dark is this, right? Betty Buckley had to get an emergency appendectomy 
That's crazy. Right? I didn't know this. Um, and so Elaine Page came in. Mm-hmm. Um, because ALW's got her on speed dial. Uh-huh. Very much so. Um, and then um, she also, Elaine Page, started to suffer from breast cancer. No way. Well, she's doing it. And yet didn't miss a performance because that's how much of a pro Elaine Page is. That's dedication. That's rough. Right? And then, like, as a reward, mm-hmm. she then went on to Broadway and went on after Glenn Close, I think. Um, and that was her first time on Broadway, which was great. And that's that's hard to do. I mean, it's the same with, like, the, the whole keeping Hedwig open sort of thing is you need a, a marching list of headliners to exactly. fill this role forever and ever and ever. Yeah. If you don't. And these are, like, these are four powerhouse women. Oh, yes. You know, like massively powerhouse. You would need like an Angela, Angela Lansbury in that list mm-hmm. to kind of add, add along. Obviously, Bernie was far too young at this stage, yeah. but um, yeah, you need you need you need that list ready, <laughs> ready and waiting. Um, so, but I must say, I do think Elaine Page does the best with one look of all time, and that will be in the show notes. You really think so? Because she. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I think she nails it. Huh. I'll have to, I'll have to Absol- watch it again. Like, I've only watched it maybe once or twice. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt, I think it's stunning. I think it's. I think that is. I know many people say that "Memory" is her song, uh-huh. but with one look, to me, Betty Buckley can keep that, and and Elaine can can have uh, with one look. I think it's incredible her performance of it. Huh. Huh. I think she does a really nice job of of the the mania mm-hmm. and the fragile old women. Oh, no, I think she's great. I re- I, re- I really really like EP. That's fascinating to me. So there you go. There's my there, views. There you go. Jimmy's um, Jimmy's extended views on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> while we're talking about the cast, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about Tonys. Let's talk about Tonys. This is it's a in a a rule that doesn't come up very often. Um, right. You you can't be nominated for this role you already won something for. Exactly. I think that's a plot line in Arrested Development, isn't it? Right? Or is it you can't try a, a husband and wife for the same crime? wife for the same crime. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> no, but so uh, Glenn Close oh, is really? ineligible for a Tony for playing Norma Desmond. I know. <clears throat> it's nuts. It's nuts. Which is fine. Um, I think that's fine. Which is fine. So obviously, so Glenn Close won it the original time it was on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's back at it again. Um and as much as, you know, her performance will no doubt have developed and changed over years, it's, it's all a the new same. production. It's all the same. Blah, 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 blah. It's still the same role. It's all the same. Um, well, don't be so mean, Tommy. You've not seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I suspect it's very similar. I don't know. I think Glenn Close is a great actress. I think she's a great she's... actress. I think she did it, would have, will have done it very well the first time. And there's, they didn't bring her back to reinterpret the role. They didn't bring her back to start from square one. They brought her back. No, because definitely she's... not. But I think, I think she's a consummate enough performer that in 20 years time, in 20 years of her life, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? She's going to come back and have changed. Yeah. You know I mean, as an actor, you develop and you find new experiences. Yeah. Especially as you get older, you become more Norma Desmond. That's true. Um, I, and so I, I find that I don't, I'd be very interested to see her performance now. Yeah. I mean, I bet you, know, you it's mostly the same marginally better. 
Okay. Oh, you're such a skeptic. Look at this. Look at this man. Um, but what is really exciting mm. is Patty is technically in the running for Warpaint, um, right? For Warpaint, yeah. With Christine. Oh, wouldn't have. Wouldn't um, have that have been fit? Can you? I can picture their faces in the two squares when they like, like about to announce the thing, like zoomed in on them, like trying to hold that oh soft God. smile, but like still seething inside. If I was the Tony board, I would have just done that just for laughs. I would have been like, do you know what? I realize that one's a new musical and one's a revival. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't matter. What if Let's they, them they could other. totally do something like have Glenn Close present the award for leading actress? For Patty? No, she couldn't. Like, Patty would refuse <laughs> to go up. I genuinely think she would. Like, so I mean, she like she hates Android Webber yeah. so much that she doesn't like. She openly says that she hates him mm-hmm. and that she'll never work with him again. I don't know people who do things like that, um. right? <laughs> and I'm I I just say well done, Pat, because he screwed her over. Oh, yeah, you know I mean, Royally. settlement or not, there's no point in being nice about this. Yeah. like he did a horrible thing, and I'm very very glad that she champions. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that she champions that. Um, but he'll be there. Yeah, I, there, <laughs> there is potential for drama all around from the red I know, carpet like, to if the I presenting. Was working, if I was working press this Tony season, uh-huh. I would be very excited for all of the many <laughs> stories that I could create. I'm sure, and like very little will happen. But I know, but just they should, they should do it because, <laughs> like, you know, she's she's in a, a show about rivalry, right? Like. Yeah. Come on, what a, mate. What a shame it isn't her and Glenn Close in War Paint. That would Can you be, imagine? Oh, God. I'm excited for that show. Yeah, I I missed it by like a day when I came about to it. Chicago. Yeah, I know so, so little about it, too. Yeah. So you did. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm intrigued and excited. Yeah. Um, and the marquee looks great. Well, and that's all yeah. you really need. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, before we close this chapter... <laughs> In particular, um, I just want to give a little nod to my favorite Pattyism of all time mm-hmm. that exists in Sunset Boulevard, um, and there will be an audio cue happening just now from the song "The Ladies Pay." You can do with your vicuna. <laughs> Come on, Joe, you haven't even started yet. You wanna bet? I thought by now he'd look the height of fashion. He always takes forever making. Don't be unkind I thought you writers knew about compassion I love man I love a man Right, so the line is uh-huh. I love flannel on a man Uh-huh And she says I love flannel na 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 And there's no doubts about it That's what she says <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's Lila Flan, na, 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 na. That's so Patty Lapone. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing <laughs> because I'm almost just like she's like it's such a bad line. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna sing this. <laughs> I'm just gonna sing Lila Flan, na, 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 na. I didn't know there was a line in the show about flannel. Um, There's many fabrics. I, I, it's probably the only musical to say the word vicuna. Probably vicuna. I remember. But, well, that's a funny line. <laughs> you know what you can do with your vicuna. <laughs> right? Um, okay. <laughs> Tell me about this We're opera controversy. What? I don't understand this. Okay. So, let me paint a little picture. Mm-hmm. So, over in Broadway, mm-hmm. in the States, in New York, 
you have the Met and you've got the New York City Opera. Yes. Right? Um, the Met's obviously still running. New York City Opera was shut down. Yes. Because of funding. Yes. Okay. In London, we've got the exact same. So you've got the Royal Opera in the Royal Opera House in Covent Garden. Mm-hmm. And you've got the English National Opera at the Coliseum. Okay. Right? So, similarly as well with the two, um, ENO's funding, like, crashed. Uh-huh. Um, it got put into special measures after it was like, it was like five million pounds worth of funding cuts were put on it. Woof. Um, which is a lot. Yeah. Yes, a very, very lot. Um, and just to continue the tragedy, their artistic director stepped down, their musical director stepped down, um, and they just kind of entered into this pit uh-huh. um, of despair. So, basically, to try and dig them out of the pit, um, they started doing musicals. Okay. So, you'll, you'll have heard of the recent Sweeney Todd yes. that was over in London. Yes. Not the Michael Bollamel of Staunton, the Bryn Turfell, Emma, what's uh, Emma, Emma? Emma Thompson? Emma Thompson. Yeah, the kind of concert-y version one where they flip the piano over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... That they did that, um, and it did amazingly well, uh-huh. so so successful. Um, and then recently they were like, Well, we're gonna do Sunset Boulevard, oh, okay, and it's gonna be directed by Lonnie Price, Ooh. and it's gonna star Glenn Close. Uh-huh. Um, and there's so much backlash uh-huh. because they're like, Well, is this it, right? Are you not is gonna... this what the Yeno is now? You're not an opera company anymore. Yeah, it's just that you're just doing these musicals. Yeah. Um, and I found it really, really interesting because it does call into serious question. What's a music? What's a musical? Right. What should be in a place? Yeah. Um, is opera justified? Right, exactly. <laughs> is there a place for opera you know, nowadays in the contemporary? Yeah. I mean, clearly, financially, the right decision is to do a musical. Um, but right. but is and, that self fulfilling? Is it because all the opera companies are doing musicals and not doing opera and making them, you know, something that is appealing to a wider audience? I know. Or should they bother? It's, art is art. Exactly. Should they just let themselves get shut down right. and just let there be one and blah blah blah? Um, I find it really really interesting, and I, I'm sure there's some opera kids out there listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. There has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to know their opinion on it because we've we've kind of ta- we've talked a lot about the lines between opera and, and musical, musical theater, theater yeah. and like like the piazza. I think we talked about Sweeney Todd as well. Yeah. Um, you know the lines are very very blurry. Yep. A lot of the time, um, and especially you've got like a near sung through show like Sunset. Yeah, that's almost kind of self described as an opera. Like exactly. The reason was, sometimes was... not on it is because they wanted it to be an opera. Exactly. They've got a forty-two piece orchestra there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's arias yeah, technically. Technically, um, it's it's. I I find it really really interesting. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that I want this to be the discussion. <laughs> I had great discussions about Brecht yeah. on Thrupney Opera last time. I want this to be the discussion of Sunset. Obviously, doctors, but anything. But I really want to discuss this. I really want to know what people. What What are your qualifying differences between? opera and musical theater because i think sweeney todd is much more in that gray space for sure um sweeney todd is 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 a self-described musical that can and should be performed by opera companies as an opera like 
Uh-huh. I think that is very explicit. Sunset Boulevard yeah. to me is blurrier. Sunset Boulevard is, is a musical, and I don't yeah. know how operatic it is other than yeah. being sung through. And then, you know, you've got like, well, what is Les Mis? Right. What is Miss Saigon? Yeah. Do these do these what count is... as operas? Yeah. Right. Are we allowed to... What is... What's Rent? Are we allowed to write contemporary operas anymore? Um, well, they do get written. Yeah. But are they musicals? Are they musicals? Are, and then, you know, throw in the extra wrinkle of financial viability. People have to come yeah. to see your thing for you to be able to do your art in our capitalistic art-producing society. Exactly. Like, is, is an opera literally just when people go... Bruh! Right. Is that what makes that? Is that what makes that an opera? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, but I would be interested to see where where the discussion goes on this. And the difference between a musical and opera, I think, has much has is less to do with the actual piece you're performing, I think, and more to do with the people you're performing it with, and kind of the different uh-huh. ideologies and things they prioritize in their performance. You know, yeah, the, exactly. these are the differences between an opera company and a musical theater company. These are the differences yeah. between an opera singer and a musical theater singer. Um, but, th- but then again, I bet you for a fact, an opera singer would be insulted to the core if you said that they weren't an actor. That's true. But I think that it's just a different priority there. You know, if if you're going to be a musical theater singer, you're going to prioritize your acting more than I think an opera singer is going to prioritize their singing. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't mean... Is that literally what it gets down to? Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think it's that becomes an easier practical distinction. And then that precipitates Uh down throughout the art. Like, it's not like that's where the differences end, but then that creates different end products. You know, you end up with Mm -hmm. a Sweeney Todd much more focused on the music than the plot. Which is n- but then, neither good nor but bad. Then I, I know, but so I saw the Ian O production of Sweeney Todd, and it wasn't an opera; it was a musical. Huh? Do you know what I mean they were doing they were, they were doing they were, it they, just like a musical? Yeah. It was, were they? Was it primar- primarily opera singers, like traditional, like people whose previous experience was an opera, or was it? So Bryn Bryn Turfle's an opera singer, mm-hmm. but he has some musical theater. Okay. He was in the Sondheim. Yep. Uh, the proms. Mm-hmm. Emma Thompson is Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson is Emma Thompson. She is, she is, she is no pretty much neither. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, who else is in it? Can't remember now. But not necessarily. It wasn't opera singers. Yeah. They were actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, so then what is the difference? Is there one anymore? So, exactly. And if there isn't one, then, then why is there a distinction? Right. Yeah. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. We'll see you in the Reddit. Right. It's just really fascinating because there's. I don't think there's any other kind of medium that has this problem. Oh. Uh... Like... I mean, I feel it feels very akin to the um, what we're seeing across screen media nowadays. Like, what's what's the difference between a um, sixteen installment Marvel superhero saga for the theater screens and uh-huh. a sixteen episode season of Game of Thrones? Right. One exists on your television, uh, ostensibly, or now your yeah. tablet or your computer. One, you have to go to a theater to see it first. Uh-huh. But that's about it. But, but then I'd argue that that's only unique to Marvel. No one else has done that before. Uh, I mean, you've seen bits and pieces. The Back to the Future trilogy happened in three pieces. Like, we've seen yeah, but, um, Lord of the Rings, that's... Harry Potter. Like, 
It's a little contemporary, but it's not it's not that unheard of. These like multi-piece installments of movies. And of course, adapted from different things. I don't mean to yeah. say that. But like what's you know, why do we call some things TV shows and other things movies nowadays? Yeah. We're getting way off topic. We are. We can't talk about TV. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I will say, uh, this story is strikingly similar to Mozart in the Jungle. And I just want to plug that as well, because it's a great TV show starring Bernadette Peters. So everyone should watch it, because that's musical theatre. I'm too happy. May I say a few words, Mr. DeMille? I can't tell you How wonderful it is to be back in the studio making a picture. I promise you, I'll never desert you again. This is my life. It always will be. There's nothing else. Just us and the cameras and all you wonderful people out there in the dark. And now, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. was Sunset Boulevard. It was indeed. Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> you happy that it's out of the way, Tommy? Should we just only do Android Web Productions just to get them out of the way so you can feel I might, happy and not panic about the next I might slowly die inside forever and ever and ever. It's okay. There's not that many left. Oh, wait. There is. It's <sighs> written too many musicals. I've got a quiz question for us, Jimmy. Go for it. This is about our show next week. One... Oh, okay. That's nice. I know. I know. <laughs> What if we did our quiz questions about the shows from before? <laughs> I cracked myself up. I cracked myself up. I really do. Anyway, proceed. Mm. <laughs> One of the songs in the original production of this show was specifically written to accommodate the leading lady's tiny lungs. Interestingly, this is not the first time a song has been written to accommodate this actress. What show are we talking about, Jimmy? I don't know. You'll have to find out. If you want to get in contact with us, please do. You can find me over at Twitter and YouTube at Asna Hendrix. And I'm at Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mash on YouTube or the show Twitter at Jim and Tomic. Or you can hop on over to our website, jimandtomic.com, which has a link to our Reddit discussion where we'll be chatting up a storm about what is opera, what is musical theatre, what is life, other things. Basically. What is life? What is, no one knows. Tell your friends, leave us a review, do all those nice things, keep listening. All the nice things. We're happy you're Uh, here. I'm happy you're here, Jimmy. I'm happy you're here. Well, you're there, and I'm here. (laughs) And we'll see you next (laughs) Wednesday. Wednesday.
we should have a whole series of of stories of us in fast food restaurants. Like when I walked in on that guy in McDonald's. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.